already know what it is. It's your coach that knows who's the most, man. And you're listening to Talking to Hoops with Coach Cam. This is episode seven, Mile Better Mile. You know, we back with another podcast. We're going to talk some more hoops. This week, we're going to talk about some college coaching news. Some coaches are starting to hire some, some of their staff. So we're going to talk about that. Talk about some JUCO a little bit. You got some Michigan schools here in uh, the state. They have made some job openings and have gotten some transfers coming in. So we're going to talk about that and what's good with the portal. Uh, I'm going to bring back a segment. I used to do segments all the time. I'm going to bring back a segment. This first segment is called Pull the Curtain Back, Coach. And I'm going to pull the curtain back on how to get a college coaching job. These are tips for young up-and-coming coaches or even coaches that just don't know, you know, how do you get a coaching job in college? Because you got these colleges, they're hiring these coaches, but how do they get those positions? How do they get in position to coach in college? So we're going to talk about that. And then that's going to lead me into talking about some high school coaches here in the state of Michigan. But it's your coach that knows hoops the most, man. And we want I want to start off this podcast by saying this. Uh, the thing about this podcast is open, it's general. Uh, I talk about a lot of things that some coaches want to talk about, some coaches want to hear. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's my podcast. And if you don't like it, hey, that's on you. Uh, you can listen to another podcast. I got a few people that listen, so that's cool. Uh, but I, I can tell that some of y'all been listening. I can tell by the way some of these moves has been making some of these offers that people are listening. And that's good because I got the platform to talk about. It. If you think about it, name another podcast in the state of Michigan with somebody with my kind of credibility that's talking about the things that I'm talking about. You will not find one. You will not find a platform that I have with uh, Mitten Recruit to talk about the, some of the things and the articles and the things of that sort that I do there. Ain't nobody else doing that either. So I just want to let y'all be known that, you know, I appreciate you for, for listening. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is my podcast. So that's my Joe Button rant for the for the week. You know, uh, not that it even it, it came from any other place or nothing. It's just, you know, just want to talk who's with Coach Cam, man. But it's your coach. We're going to start off with uh, Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan announces their staff. Of course, they hire Stan Heath. Uh, you know, his pedigree, his background. We talked about that last week. Uh, but he brings in three coaches. Uh, all three coaches have Michigan ties. Uh, the first coach he brings back is Bob Simons from Siena. He was a head coach at Siena. Uh, brings him back. He's kind of like the older basketball gentleman. So what Jawan Howard has started, so this is a movement now. What Jawan Howard has did when he brought when he brought in Phil Martelli to bring in, you know, uh the bas- not the basketball genius, but the basketball guy with, with head coaching experience that might have been in the game 20, 25 years, and you bring him on as an assistant to like help you on and do some other things, even though Stan Heath really don't need a guy like that. But hey, you know, if he bring in a 6'5 transfer with him, hey, you got to take the guy. So you got him. You got Sean Trice, who was an assistant at Colgate the past couple of seasons. He's most known for his Temple fame. He was an assistant coach at Temple. He also has Detroit ties. So when you look in his bio, you'll see Detroit. But most people, when you talk about Sean Trice, will be like, who? Uh, I know about Sean Trice because he's recruited some of my players on AU. He'll say, Cam, tell me about such and such. Tell me about this guy. Okay. Uh, this was years ago, though. I haven't talked to him in a while. Um, but that's the kind of thing that he would do. When you have mis- those Michigan ties, you'll use them. Um, if you're from the state, if people know that you're from Detroit, if people know that you're from Michigan, you want to contact those coaches from every now and then and let them know, hey, uh, I'm just hitting you up to see if you got some players or if you know about such and such. So Sean Trice is one of those guys who's you know held on to his ties along the years, and now he's an assistant at Eastern Michigan. And then the third assistant they hired was Drew Danisco. Drew Danisco was a video coordinator for Michigan State, and uh, he was a dobo at uh, Cleveland State. That's how I know him. He was also with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He did video for them. So I know there were a lot of people that were trying to get this third assistant job spot. I know there are a lot of people that were probably upset that Drew got this job, but I'm going to be honest with you. 
ain't mad about it. I mean, not like I got a call to be the third assistant. They say I was in the third group or whatever you want to call it. Oh, Cam, yeah, you was in that third or fourth group that they was about to call. No, I wasn't. Not, not, no, no, I wasn't. You don't have to. I'm not in the loop. It's cool. I'm out of the loop and it's okay. It's okay. I'm okay with that. I was not in no kind of groups or nothing. But I know the people that were feel a certain type of way of him getting the job. But let me tell you this. Eastern Michigan ain't got a video coordinator. Not right now. And they need a basketball ops. So that's going to be, those responsibilities are going to be on him. So can you do that as a coach? Can you break down synergy better than anybody else? Is your video presentation better than anybody else? But tell you right now, Drew's was, that's how he got the job. You got to have an end. And I'm going to talk about that when I'm going to pull the curtain back on how to get a coach a job. I'm going to pull the curtain back because one of those things you got to do, you got to have an end and you got to have a niche. So if video is your niche and you're really good at it and your staff doesn't have a video coordinator, well, guess what? It's going to help you get a job. So I know some people felt some way about it, but I'm going to tell you like this. He got it. He got it. And Izzo was pulling all the strings in East Lansing. Oh, man. Izzo basically telling Eastern Michigan who to hire the head coach, the assistant, all three assistants, the video coordinator. It got to go through Tom Izzo. And when you look at Tom Izzo's coaching tree, you can see why. He's got a 12 head coaches that have left this program and gone to be head coaches and numerous numbers of assistant coaches that have gone to other programs to be assistants. And they all started at Michigan State with Tom Izzo. So, I mean, right now, he's the godfather of college basketball in Michigan. If you don't have an end with, with Tom Izzo or you're not in that circle, you're not getting no college job unless it's the GLIAC. And even some of them GLIACs, depending on who get the head job, if somebody moves on, if it's a guy that's connected to Izzo, I'm telling you right now, if you ain't connected, if you ain't got that end, you're not getting that job. So that's something we're going to talk about a little bit later. But those are the three guys they hired at Eastern Michigan. I just want them to recruit the state. That's all. That's it. That's all this is all it's all for. I want them to start recruiting Michigan kids. So I like the fact that they offered Javante Randall. They've offered Keon Minifield. You got the boy uh, Colin Gosen, who's going to be a stud in the MAC. He's going to be a stud in the MAC next year, right? I'm telling you right now, he's going to be a stud. You start bringing these guys back. You sign Kevin David Rice. So they're on the right track, even though their roster only has five players. And those five players ain't from Michigan. So you know, I'm glad that you got some Michigan tie coaches back, but we need to see some more Michigan players on that roster because if that doesn't happen, trust me, this could go down fast. It could go down fast and furious like Tyrese, very fast and furious. But Stan, he was the kind of coach that if he could, if he wants to stay there for a long time, he can stay there for a long time. But I'm going to tell you, you go four or five years, you don't win no games. Look, it's going to be some administration looking at you like, why didn't we hire Charles Thomas? Why did we hire Stan Heath? He ain't winning no games. What are we doing? Alumni is going to stop cutting checks. What are we doing? So I hope it works out for him. But if it don't, four or five years, trust me, they're going to be looking in different directions. So I uh, wanted to talk about some JUCO here in Michigan. I want to talk about Henry Ford, man. So Henry Ford, and I breezed over this last week. I talked about Mac Mansell committing to Henry Ford. And that was a huge get for the JUCO community, for, you know, Henry Ford Community College to get a guy like Mac Mansell, a high-level recruit, that should be a Division One player. He signs off, but Leon Ayers, he went to he went to Henry Ford. He was a Division One player, so it's an option now. Now here, the class of twenty one and even some of the twenty two class, you gotta have different options. You might have to go a different route. You might have to go JUCO for a year or two. It might have to happen. And here's why it was a good idea. And I'm sorry that I didn't fully explain why a high level high school recruit would pick a JUCO over Division One and Division Two offers because Mac Mansell had Division One and Division Two offers. Or he had interest, I'm sorry. He had Division One interest, he had D2 offers. Here's why you go Juco. If you fully believe on yourself and the hashtag he put on his commitment line was bet on yourself. And sometimes you got to do that. Your route is totally different from somebody else's. Nobody got the same route, even though it might even look the same. It might look the same, man. And especially now in 2021 and you dealing with the transfer portal. Trust me, your route might have to be a little bit different. You might have to go Juco. So Mac Mansell going to Henry Ford Community College was a good deal because guess what? He gets to play with Carrington McCaskill. Carrington McCaskill don't graduate until December. So Carrington McCaskill was also a second team All-American. So if you're a point guard and you're playing with an All-American big who likes to set screens and go to the rim and you can lob it up to him, guess what? If his coach is watching him, who else they going to be watching? They're going to be watching you too. So you want to go to a program 
that's high level players that coaches are paying attention to. Right now, coaches are paying attention to Chris Shepard and Henry Ford Community College. They are. He got all American players. He's sitting got to do now guys go to Duquesne. Like, come on, man, you got to be paying attention to that. And Mac Mansell, his recruiting is going to go through the roof. So this is going to be one of the we should have like a Mac Mansell offer tracker, because guess what? When the season starts next year, he's going to be getting offers galore. Offers galore. So hopefully his camp is making sure that he's a qualifier so he can go to Henry Ford for one year. So I've talked about this in previous podcasts. You can go to junior college for one year if you're a qualifier out of high school, which means you have you have you have passed 16 core credits. You have the proper GPA over a 2.3. I think it is of your of your 16 core credits. If you're a qualifier, if you're labeled a qualifier by the NCAA, what you can do is you can go to junior college for one season and play your other three years at a four-year school. So I got a perfect example for you. Lito Booth. Lito Booth comes out of high school. He plays with Josh Jackson, and his recruiting is, ah, it's okay, but it's not great. You know, not a whole lot of schools on him because he's a little guard. Now, he was a dog now. He was a dog, but he was just a little guard. So you say, you know what? I'm going to go to school. Even though I'm a qualifier, I'm going to go to school craft for a year. And then after that, you know, I'm going to see where my recruiting is. Well, Wayne State said, hey, he could be our starting point guard tomorrow. He could be our starting point guard tomorrow after this one year. And that's exactly what happened. Wayne State got in on him early and they said, just go over here to Schoolcraft. After a year, you're going to come to us. And for the next three seasons at Wayne State, which is a Division II, he started for three seasons. I think he was a thousand point scorer as well. So, like I said, everybody's route is different. Some of these guys going to have to go JUCO. Some of these guys going to have to go prep. And some of these guys, to be quite honest with you, they might be SOL. And if you don't know what SOL, Google it. Uh, I'm not talking about Soul the movie. Uh, you're going to be out of luck. You're going to be out of luck. And it happens, man. You might even you might even have to wait a year and say, you know what? I was in the class of 21, but, man, I might have to just take some classes out of JUCO. And, you know, that's like your prep year. Stay in the lab and stuff like that. But there's a lot of stuff that the class of 21 has to do. So shout out to Chris Shepard and Henry Ford Community College for getting these high-level players because they all can't go to Schoolcraft, especially if they need a new head coach. So Schoolcraft gets rid of their head coach. They post their job. They don't put nothing on social media. Um, they had to forfeit some games, and nothing was said. And, of course, with my podcast, I got to say something about it. So they had a situation where they had a head coach and some players became up ineligible. Well, if this player was never listed on an ineligibility list prior to him being ineligible, how do you know? You're going to play the kid. And that's kind of what happened. They had an ineligible player. He was playing them all year, but he never knew the kid was ineligible because the AD never told him. If the AD tells him at the end of the year, well, you've been playing the wrong player. Well, guess what? That's really not my fault. So the one thing that Corey ran to at Schoolcraft, and we want to talk about ineligible players and stuff like that, at the end of the day, he isn't being paid to be an academic coordinator. He isn't being paid to be someone to make sure uh, to handle eligibility issues. He's being paid as a head basketball coach. And that's the one thing that coaching Juco here in Michigan ain't no money in it, right? They post a job, it's $12,000. My wife would string me by the neck if I got the school craft job and she asked me how much it pays and I tell her 12,000, she'd be like 12,000 for what? Every four months? You mean 36,000 after, you know, is that paid quarterly? Like that's a yearly salary for a head coach in college is $12,000. Yeah. Yeah. Because these schools in Michigan, they ain't got school craft. They ain't got dorms and they ain't got programs like that where they got 10,000 students. So yeah, I mean, ain't a whole lot of money in that program. So they not they can't offer $50,000. Most JUCO head coaches in the state of Michigan, and please, please comment on this if I'm wrong. Most of them have other jobs. That's not their only job. See, I coached in JUCO. So when I was coaching at Delta, I had to have another job because I got one check like a high school coach. They gave me a check for $500. Don't you understand? I was at every practice, every game, and drove the van to all the away games. They gave me a check for $500. Thank you for your service. I was like... Man, man, coaching basketball really pays. But here in Michigan, it really doesn't. If you're a JUCO or a high school coach, I mean, 
And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But JUCO coaching here in Michigan, it doesn't pay. So the Schoolcraft job is open. I did not apply for it. I'm not going to be the coach at Schoolcraft. I'm sorry. When you have administration issues, and I've, I've learned that at the college level, when I was a college coach, if you got administration issues that are that's bigger than basketball, I'm good on that. I'm good on that. Even on the high school level, if you got administrators and ADs that's trying to make decisions about basketball, and you the head coach, you're going to have problems. You're going to have issues. Man, I went three years. They tried to fire me every year. Three years straight. You know the kind of stress that is? You got to look over your back all the time and make sure all your T's is crossed. All your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted. You got to look over your back all the time, find out who's in the gym, who's in the game watching you play because they might be coming for your job. Man, that's stressful, man. I was talking to a coach who just got announced, you know, to be a head coach in, in high school. I was in his office before it got announced. And I said, the main thing about coaching in high school, if they could just give you the keys and leave you alone, you're good. You're good, man. Give me keys to the gym and leave us alone. If you want to come to practice and all that, that's fine. If you don't, if you think you have some say so, hey, I'm sorry, but you don't. And if you got a situation where the administration just give you the keys, man, coaching the high school is a blessing. It's a blessing. And there's certain high school goes that actually get paid. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later, too. So, uh, Schoolcraft, I didn't apply for it. There's no money in coaching uh, in junior college here in Michigan. Hopefully that will change in the future if you want better coaches, if you want better players. Because uh, a guy like Chris Shepard should be coaching in college. And we're going to be talking about some coaches who should be coaching in college. But Chris Shepard should be one of them. He, if the GLIAC ain't calling them, I don't know what you're doing. But those GLIAC coaches, they made no movement. If I'm Northwood and I need an assistant, why not call Chris Shepard? Chris Shepard been doing better job at recruiting than you have. Quiet is kept. I'm just saying, if you got a coach that can actually coach and develop and get players to the next level at the JUCO level, well, why wouldn't you want that kind of guy on your staff? So this ain't no Chris Shepard plug, even though that's my guy. Shout out Shep. But I'm telling you like this, we've got some amazing coaches here in the state of Michigan. Amazing. At the JUCO level, at the high school level, that are assistant coaches that some of these college schools need to start taking a look at. Or they're going to be doing podcasts like me, you know. Hopefully they don't go on uh, Joe Button rants like I do sometimes. I ain't been on one of those in a while. But you already know. It's your coach that knows who's the most. Let's talk about what's going on in the portal, man. I, it's become a thing. I got to talk about the portal because so many guys that are in the portal, they're making decisions. So you get uh, Grand Valley who gets two Division One players to transfer back and, you know, they're good. So they don't get too mad that they don't get Brian Taylor. Brian Taylor picked Central Michigan, right? So they don't get too mad that Brian Taylor, ah, they was in on Brian Taylor. They don't get too mad about that. They don't get too mad about Mac Mansell committing to Henry Ford Community College. They're like, ah, all right, cool. Who's next on our list? This is how they operate. This is how college coaches operate. They got a list. So if somebody commits, and don't, I'm telling you, they go to the next guy. They're not, they not mad about it. They don't have no hard feelings. They already got a list of 10 guys. But they spend the majority of their time on the top four or five. Well, if the top four or five decide to commit somewhere, well, who's number six? Your head coach going to come knocking on your door like, OK, we just seen five guys come off our board. Who's the next five? You can't be looking at them like, oh, I don't know, coach. No, nah, you got to be ready for it. So your list got to have 10, 15, 20, 25 in one class. I'm just tell you how it works. So for Grand Valley, they lose two recruits. They lose Brian Taylor. They lose Mac Mansell. Guess what? They still get a 6'5 shooter from North Carolina. He might have been higher on their list than these other two guys. You're dead end shooter. So you can bring in a 6'5 shooter from the ACC to play in the GLIAC? Man, if you do that, you better be making four, five threes in the game. You better be. But I'm going to give you a little secret. This 6'5 this, uh, shooter, I wish I didn't know his name. I ain't got time to look it up. I'm going to tell you like this. The GLIAC is legit. It's for real. So just don't, don't think just because you was at, you know, NC State that you was going to come in slinging around what you think you're doing. I, it don't get down like that. We got, they got some players in Grand Valley. Got, they full of them, too. They got six or seven guys that played at Division I level. Going to be like, hey, look, dog, it ain't going down like that. So they get him. They get Luke Tolliver, uh, transferred from Western Michigan, who probably should have been at Grand Valley in the first place. Plays 30 games in four years. So you want to try to tell these kids that if you go Division I and you redshirt a year and then that next year ain't no plans for you, don't stay the third year. Don't stay the third year. He's played 30 games in three years, which is a disservice. Now, hopefully he'll get one of those years back. Last year was a free year, so I think he'll have at least two years. A kid like this have three or four years, but you go somewhere and you sit for a while just because it's D1, 
And then now you transfer to a D2, and now you got less eligibility. Probably should have went D2 in the first place. So I think Luke Tolliver is a good player. I think he should have already been in the Gilead. But he goes to Western. He sits for thirty years. He sits for three years, and now he gets the opportunity to play in the Gilead. And Grand Valley, talk about loaded. I thought they were loaded last year. They bring everybody back. They and on top of that, you get Jacavian Lewis, who's now eligible. You get two Division One transfers. And I'll tell you right now, if I'm at Grand Valley and and we're not getting to the NCAA tournament, you, something is wrong. Something is wrong. If you don't get to the NCAA tournament next year, I, I'll be pretty upset because they are loaded. They're loaded from top to bottom. And if they're not a top three team in the GLIAC, I'm going to be very surprised next year. So with that being said, what is Western Michigan doing? So if Grand Valley is getting transfers from Western Michigan, what is Western Michigan doing? What, what, what are we doing? So you got nine guys in the transfer portal? Nine? So what are we doing? Are we, are we retaining players? Because that's what, you know, Kyle's Coastal is about. It's about retaining. Retention is what they call it. Call it retention. So you got nine guys in the portal. You know, Clayton Bates is on a two-year deal. This is the second year. So are, are we going to look at another opening coming in here soon? Like, so what are we doing? We asking for extensions and all that. So what are we doing? Now, it helps that you bring back Lamar Norman and you bring back Marquise Hastings. That helps. Uh, Malik McMillan, kid from Indiana. You got an Indiana uh, coach. On your staff, Chris Sapp, um, he, uh, Christoph, if he can't get you any players, can't nobody can. I'm going to be frank with you. So it's, I'm glad they got Malik coming in because he's an indie kid. But that played at Valparaiso, who's a senior transfer. But when you got nine guys in the, in the transfer portal, what we doing here? Right? You better get on the recruiting trail. You better make sure you offering these Michigan players. Make sure you can get them to fill some of these slots. Uh, because if not... It's, you gonna be it's gonna be trouble for you next year. It's even with these guys that you bringing in because you gotta have a full roster. You go look at that roster, and if Beardis White decide like ah this ain't it for me, even though you just recruited a guard and I was the best guard on the team, you, you bringing a guard in. Okay, you say we can play together, but when he getting all the minutes and the shots, the sophomore gonna be unhappy, and they need to show Beardis some more love. They need to show him some more love up there because he is a very good Mac player. And if you let him leave, I'm sure right now they probably outside of his apartment or wherever he's staying at now, and making sure that he's coming back. Because if they lose him, that will be detrimental to that roster that's already depleted. So Western Michigan, recruit the mitten. Make sure you're getting on these guys because Max Burton, I don't know. <laughs> Better do your homework. I don't know. Omar Ziegler is still available, so you can get on the Omar. So Western Michigan, I don't know what we're doing, but you need to recruit the mitten. Now, time for me to pull the curtain back, coach. I want you to pull the curtain back, coach. And we're going to talk about how to get a college job. And if there's anybody to talk about it, why not a person that was an AAU coach, was a high school coach, and had the opportunity to coach in college for three years? So I'm going to pull the curtain back on how to get a coaching job. From my perspective, some people's perspective might be a little bit different. But this comes from my perspective, from what I've seen over the years as a high school coach, as an AAU coach, as a guy that coached in college for three years in the GLIAC, one of the best Division II conferences in the country. What's the number one thing that you think you need to be able to do? The number one thing that you got to do if you want to coach in college and you're from Michigan is you better know Tom Izzo. I'm just going to be quite frank with you. You better know Tom Izzo. You better have been a manager, a GA, a guy that got his coffee from Bigsby every Thursday, worked his camp. Like, you got to know Tom Izzo. If Tom Izzo don't know you, you're not getting the job. That's the number one rule. I'm just going to be honest with you. I would say John Beeline, but Beeline isn't in Michigan anymore, even though his coaching tree is pretty extensive. Tom Izzo's coaching tree is not only extensive, he's calling shots now. So he getting this guy, not only is he getting his guys jobs, he giving his guys, not even his top guys, he getting his coordinators jobs, he getting his ops guys jobs. Look at Tum Tum. Tum Tum played for him for three years, played for him for four years, was his GA for two years, and now he's the head coach at Sunrise Academy. Then guess what? You're getting Jay Nakins from. How, how does that work? And guess what? They're going to get somebody else from some Sunrise Christian Academy because they're a high-level uh, prep school program. So they're going to have high-level players all the time. So guess what? If I put one of my guys or if I get one of my guys a job, well, they could get me who I need to get. So it was no mistake 
how when Jaden went through his situation with Ipsy Prep, how he ends up at Sunrise Christian Academy. That ain't no mistake. Now that you look back at it, with sometimes going to be the head coach now, that wasn't by mistake. That was by design. Because guess what? The next kid that's good from Sunrise Christian Academy, if he doesn't already have a Michigan State offer, he get one. But he got to be good enough to get it. So the number one rule is no time is oh. That's the number one rule. So when I was a head coach in high school in AAU, and instead of going in the basement and getting the pizza and getting the, the, the beverages and all that, you know, I got back. I got back to the city. I got back to my job. I probably should have went in this basement a little bit, rubbed elbows. But that's just ain't, you know, I ain't really cut like that, even though he do it every year after his team camp. But see, I stopped going to his team camp at Michigan State. I stopped going because I, I ain't got Michigan State players. Now, when I first got the job and we had Michigan State players, we had the opportunity to go. Well, we went to Eastern. We didn't go because we didn't have Paul committed to Dayton. He didn't. If he had committed to Michigan State, we would have went to Michigan State team camp. But that ain't where he had an offer from. That's ain't where he committed. So we ain't go there. And it was like $600. Like, we ain't got no budget like that. Like, nah. Nah, I'm going to go right up the street to Eastern. I'm going to go right up the street to UAD, right up the street to Wayne State. I'm going to support my black coach, support my guys. You know what I'm saying? And it's a little bit cheaper. And I can drive there and drive back because we ain't got no extra transportation. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, I stopped going to the MSU uh, coaching team camp because after camp is done, he invites all the coaches to his basement. That's how he gets to have the ends on some of these coaches to get some of these players. That's how he can get to know a guy like Keith Guy, and he can get all the players from him from Muskegon. He can get the top guy to Muskegon. Uh, what was it? Uh, Daniels. And I was playing in the NBA. That's how he can get him and get in on guys like that because he got all the coaches in his basement. You know, Tom Izzo isn't afraid to rub elbows with the high school coaches. To go to a high school game and just sit in the stands. He ain't got no security with him. He'll pay the $5. He gets some popcorn. And he going to sit right underneath the, right the basket. Maybe sign a couple autographs. And talk to some people he need to talk to. That's what he going to do. So if you ain't got it, that's the number one rule. If you don't know Tom Izzo, you need to find a way to get to know him. Or to get involved on that staff at Michigan State or something. That's the number one rule. I'm going to tell you right that. Number 1A, right? Under, of course, you got to know you know, time is up, but you have to have connections at the college level. So here's what I'm saying. If you're a young coach, very young, I'm talking, I'm talking fresh out of college. I'm talking, ain't never coached nowhere. And you have aspirations on coaching in college. You got to start making connections. How do you start making connections? Well, the first thing I did, I started working camps. So when I started, you know, developing relationships with Bakari Alexander, with Saudi Washington, with the assistant coaches of the world, because I was going up and working their camps, right? They know, okay, Coach Cam at, you know, Renaissance. That's Coach Cam at Renaissance. That's Coach Cam at Country Day. Or, oh, okay. So if I ever have a player they're recruiting, they know who to call. You got to get up there and you got to work. You got to work some camps. But see, now in COVID, everybody's not having camps. They having camps this year. So I will find a way to, to run the clock. I will find a way to work a camp because these coaches got to know who you are. The one thing that I've dropped the ball at is, I wasn't heavily connected. I, I, I didn't coach on the, on the AAU circuit for a Nike sponsor team or an Adidas sponsor team. I was grassroots, baby reach legends all day. I was grassroots. And the one thing about being grassroots is you kind of fall into that, I don't really need your help type of deal when in actuality you do. Because if you coach for, fam for the family, Vince Baldwin can make a call for you. Vince Baldwin is connected. So if a guy like that can make a call for you, you might need that. And Coach Marcus made calls for a bunch of coaches and helped them get jobs. You know, just when it came to me, I just didn't, I wasn't the rub elbows, kiss your ass kind of coach. I'm not going up to time is all and making sure I get a picture with him or making sure that he knows who I am. I can care less. I'm coaching my team. That's it. That's the approach I took. Might not have been a great coach, a great um Avenue to take at the time, but I'm coaching. I'm worried about my team. I'm worried about my high school team. I'm worried because I'm invested. I'm invested in these players. I'm invested in their families. So yeah, if you come and watch my game, yeah, that's cool. But I'm cool on the IG picture. I want to make sure that my players play well, so you can come to me after the game and say, "Hey, tell me about 23 in this recruiting. Who's looking at him?" Well, chances are you already watching the kid that you want to watch anyway. You're not be gonna be surprised, like, oh. Who is number 50? Yeah, that's not, it's not going to happen. It isn't. It isn't. So, but like we talked about, you got to have connections at the college level. So my next tip is you got to have an end. Like what is your end? When I coached college, 
My end was I was alumni. I played there for four years, went to school there for five, like and I'm, I'm alumni. So if you're an alumni, that means you are tied to the school. So if the right coach gets the right job position and you have a connection with that coach, they can hire you. But if you are just because you're an alumni from that school doesn't mean you can get the job because the previous coaches before them, I sat down with all of them and not one of them offered me a job. One of them didn't even want to come in my gym to recruit. And I'm sending kids to the GLIAC, which was mind boggling to me. But hey, I didn't have an in with that coach. Another coach just told me straight up, you can't be my GA. That spot already taken. And it's like, okay, well, if I can't be a GA here at the school I graduated from, well, where I'm gonna be a GA at? So you gotta have an in. And to to uh to have an in means you have to have a connection with the guy who's about to get the job. Means they either you're alumni, either they coached you in high school, you you was like your assistant coach in college, he was your AAU coach. This is a guy that you know. This is a coach that you know that you can call and say, hey, I understand you just got the job. Are you got any positions open or do you need any help? Actually, I do need some help. I need a third assist. You got somebody in mind? Well, hey, I'm available. If if you really want me to be involved, let's get it. Somebody that you can have a conversation like that. Not somebody where you send an email, hi, coach, such and such, this is blah, 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 blah. It ain't getting read. I'm telling you right now, if you see a job posting on Hoop Dirt, you filling out that application and uploading your resume is not helping you get that job. What's helping you get that job is your connection to the head coach or if you're connected some, to somebody who can make a phone call for you. So, for instance, perfect example, Mike Pett. Mike Pett was my college coach in high school. So, Mike Peck gets the job at Finley. Mike Peck goes from Philly to somewhere else. I think he went to the G League, or I forget his next job after Finley. Well, Todd Simon, who's now the assistant, he's a Southern Utah head coach. He was head coach at Finley Prep. So, if I had any aspirations of coaching at Finley Prep, I got to be able to call my college coach and say, hey, Coach Peck, um, could you make a call for me? I, I really want to get into coaching. I'm, I'm coaching in high school, but I want to go a different route. Could you call Coach Simon for me and see if there's anything, if, if you can help me out? That's got to be, that's, that's, that's called an in. Somebody that can make a phone call for you. If you ain't got people that can make phone calls for you in order to get these jobs, you're not getting them. You're not getting that job. And I didn't learn that until I went to, through my situation of coaching in college. I wish I had found that out earlier. I wish I had found out that I needed more connections, that I needed more people to make phone calls for me to let them know that Coach Cam is interested in coaching in college. Because guess what? The stigma was, was Coach Cam is he the, he the high school guy. He the AU high school guy. He ain't looking to coach college when in, in all actuality, I was. But I would always say, because they would ask me, like, Coach, you got, you know, aspirations to coach college? I would say, yeah, but it'll happen when it's supposed to happen, Right. I got to get it done here first, which was that was my mentality. I'm coaching my team. And if I get the opportunity when my team gets good or I get enough players that have, that have played at the next level or I get a phone call. See, I've always thought I was just going to get the phone call. You're not just going to get the phone call because you a good basketball coach. You're not. They're not calling up good basketball coaches. They're calling up coaches that other coaches have connections with. Because they need to be able to trust somebody. They need to know whether you can get players or not. They ain't got nothing to do with X's and O's. They ain't hiring great coaches. And after this segment, I'm going to talk about some great coaches who need to be coaching in college. It ain't about the X's and O's. It ain't about whether you can have the best ATOs in the game. It ain't whether you're the best developer in the game. It ain't about that anymore. It's not. It's about having a connection. So you have to have an in. So you got to have, you know, coaches you play. So these are the coaches that are important to you in your journey. AAU coaches that you've played for. Now, if you played for four or five different organizations, you might not be tied to one or two coaches. But if you played for AAU coach and you're interested in coaching and your AAU coach is coaching somewhere, hit them up. Hit them up. Ask them if they need help with their camps. Ask them if they need help cutting down, breaking film or whatever, social media, whatever. That's how you get started. You got to have an end. So my next tip is if you have an opportunity to do so, it's to become a grad assistant. The thing about the grad assistant route is these jobs are very, very, very hard to get. Very hard to get because you only get maybe one, maybe two uh, grad assistant jobs, openings where 
you know, in some cases at the high majors, you might get three or four out here. Alabama has four, and they got a rotation of two guys that's in school, two guys that's paying their way. It's crazy. It's crazy how they get that set up. And shout out to Coach Taib, who's going down there to be a GA. He a Michigan guy. Was at U of M Dearborn, was the assistant coach at Ribbon Roots, and now he going down there to Alabama. Roll Tide, man. Roll Tide. And look who just got an offer from Alabama. You know what I'm saying? So that stuff is... It's all tied into each other, man. So shout out to Coach T uh, for going down to Alabama. I think he's going down in a couple weeks. Going down in a couple weeks. So shout out to him. I've been giving him some tips and some pointers about his basketball journey. And one of my one of the things I told him when he was thinking about coaching in high school, he said, Coach, what do you think about coaching in high school? I said, that's great. But you want to go and learn from somebody that coached in college. You want to go and learn from a Samaha. You want to go and learn from a Lamonte Stone. You want to go and learn from those guys, uh, Mike Williams. I mean, Mike Thomas. The, those guys that coached in college, right? Because they could give you different nuggets that some of these high school coaches can't give you if that's the route you want to take. So a grad assistant job, getting that job is the route. Coach T is doing it. But you got to go down there and kill it. You can't just be a GA and not make sure your itineraries ain't on point. Making sure the head coach, you ain't asking him what he want from Subway three times. You already know. You're not asking the assistant coach, what do they want on their pizza? You already know. One eats cheese, one likes meat lovers. You don't give the coach that likes meat lovers a cheese pizza. Give me a cheese pizza and you're going to piss me off. My man, I need toppings on my pizza. I ain't got to tell So those like little details got to be very good at. But if you're going to be a grad assistant, get your master's. Don't just be working these jobs and they not paying you for camp and you take it, get your master's degree because you're going to need that to further your career. So if that's not a, that's not a route for a lot of people, but if that's one of your routes that you've taken or thinking about taking in your coaching career, the GA route is the way to go. Now, the thing about the GA route is they not just, you got to be in, you got to have that in with that coach to get that GA job. This coach, this head, this head coach in college, you got to know him. It can't be somebody that you don't know. Like, for instance, the GA job at Michigan comes up about five or six years ago. I called with Carly Alexander. I said, B.A., I see you guys looking for a GA coach. Uh, what do you think about, you know, if I wanted to inquire about, you know, working that job? And he, he told me straight up. He said, Cam, you ain't no GA. First of all, you ain't a GA. You are an actual coach. You get it in. Like, I'm not going to let you take a GA spot. I'm like... Dang, like, it's like that. He's like, no, but actually the spot already filled. More times than not, these jobs, they already filled. They post them on Hoop Dirt. It's on the uh, NCAA clearing clearing room or whatever they call it. Uh, the marketplace is posted there. It's posted on Indeed and Zillow. And that job already taken by a guy who got a job somewhere and they pull somebody up and it's crazy. You call about it, it's like, yeah, that, that job already taken. And he told me, he, but he said, you ain't a GA. And I thought about it. And he was right. I, 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 I mean, even though it was a high major GA, like I, I need to be on the floor. I need to be able to recruit. I need to be able to coach. If I can't do those things, like me at 40, now if I'm at 24, 25, yeah, that's cool. I could take a GA job. I could be like Coach T and say, yo, Nate Oates, what's up with that GA job and get it, right? At 24, 25. At 40? Hey, man, I'm not your secretary. I'm sorry. I could be a, you could be a high major. You want Coach Cam to be OGA and ain't happening. Now you want me to be the third assistant? I could do that. So the director of ops job, this sound cool and pay good. I'm straight. You want me to coach? I want to be your coach. I'm not the guy to get your hotel rooms. I could do that. You need me to get your hotel rooms and to get your car rental for when you go to Vegas in two weeks to recruit such and such. Cool. I mean, I could do all that. But I'm going to tell you right now, my best asset is that I got 15 years in the game. I've developed players at all levels. Overseas, pro, Division One, Division Two. That's that's my resume should speak for itself. It's, it should me, it's a whole weight. Like to me, you know, you know, some people say, well, you should apply for this job, you should apply for that job. And sometimes I want to tell them, man, have you looked at my resume? Have you seen this, the type of stuff I've done in the state of Michigan for the bat the game of basketball? And you come here saying I should just be this person's uh secretary? No, I'm straight. My resume should stand for something. I'm that coach. I don't have a connection, but I believe that you got a guy that played at all the levels, coached at all the levels, has a master's degree, coached on the travel circuit. I should be able to get, I should be able to get one of them jobs. Let's see.
My phone ain't ringing, but that's cool. I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm just letting you know that my resume, what I've done over the last 15 years, should stand for something. So, moving along about this college job, you gotta have a niche. What's your niche? Like Drew Danisco. Drew Danisco gets the job at Eastern Michigan because his niche is video. Do you know how huge that is? It's huge because video is a, is a huge part of a college basketball program. You got to cut down film of your team. You've got to cut down film of your opponent. You've got to cut down film of recruits. You got to cut down film of practice. There's always film that needs to be broken down. Always. And if you, uh, if you uh, take practice every day, you got to cut that film up. Oh, man. I mean, the, the job that Josh Baker did for Alabama still cutting down the film. Oh, man, that was a huge task. He did it every day. Said, Coach, I sat down with him. He said, Coach, he said, man, I did this every day. We, I had to break down every single practice and send a report before four o'clock for every head coach, for every coach and assistant coaches. That's how I broke down field. So if your niche is video, if you know how to use huddle, if you know how to use uh, synergy, if you know how to use cross, they don't really use crossover anymore. They have this, this, um, the service within Huddle, I forget what it's called. It costs twenty thousand. It's something crazy. It's called one or one one assist or whatever it's called. If you're good at doing that kind of stuff, if you're good with social media, if you're good with graphic design and being able to being able to to put together flyers for camps and for recruits and stuff like that, that's a niche. Everybody don't know how to do that stuff. I'm seeing some of these coaches announce their team camps, and all they're doing is taking a picture of the paper. And I'm looking like, man, I'd have easily had a flyer designed up for that. Easily. Because that was my niche. My computer skills, my technology skills, my social media skills is a niche. I'm great at that stuff. I do stuff that don't know other coaches do. I got a whole platform. I built a platform by itself, a recruiting platform. So if somebody wanted to hire me tomorrow and say, what are your ties to recruiting? I'll say, listen, this whole recruiting platform was built by me. At Mitten Recruit is me. If you didn't know that, you're finding that out today. It's me. And trust me, I'm looking around. I don't see a secretary or none of that. I handle everything Mitten Recruit. Need to redo the logos and stuff like that to give it some more pizzazz. But guess who designed the logos? Guess who designed the website? Guess who puts all the articles together? You already know it's your coach that knows who's the most. That's who. That's who did. That's my niche. So you got to have a niche. If you don't have a niche, your niche could be camps. Your niche could be video. Your niche could be your connections to player. Say, say for instance, you're Joe Carr and you've been coaching with the family and one of these coaches get a job and they need a point guard. They need a division one, somebody that played division one level that's tied to certain players as point guards. Hey, you might have to, you might have to hire Joe Carr or you might have to hire Marcel Smith who coaches with the family. You might have to hire one of these guys. They play division one basketball. They got connections to players. You might have to hire them. You might have to, right? That's a niche. That could be your niche. Your niche could be your coaching roots. Whereas you, you have experience at the division one level, division two level, NAIA level. That could be your niche. Like, you know what? I am an experienced coach, like a Bob Simon, like a Phil Martelli. Like that could be your niche. If you're a younger coach, it's harder to have that niche. So you need to find ways to develop one. Now my niche is shooting. And if you don't know my niche is shooting, I don't know what podcast you've been listening to. One of my, I got to actually, I got more than just one niche, right? You can't spell niche without the N-I-C-H and nickels. Baby, you feel that? That should be my tagline. You can't spell. Okay, I was... I went on, I was, I, I know. It was an open shot. I missed it. It's cool. It's cool. But I got a few niches. I got a few of them. And one of them is shooting. So if you if your team shot 32% from the three like Eastern Michigan, and you're a head coach that's big on shooting in your program, well, you need to hire somebody that's good at shooting. You need to be calling my phone. But if shooting ain't really your thing, you think I'm getting a call? Probably not. So you got to have a niche. You got to have deep recruiting roots. Like, for instance, you think DeAndre Hayes gets the job at Marquette if he don't have deep recruiting roots? Shaka Smart's got to know, man, I need a guy that's going to hit the ground running as a third assistant that's got ties at every level. He's coached mid-major. He's played mid-major, coached mid-major, coached at the high major level as an assistant. You think he got some recruiting ties? I think he does. I think he does. And that's a great guy to hire. Two, you got to use that as your niche to get the job. You, 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 I'm pretty sure DeAndre Haynes told 
Uh, Shaka Smart, listen, I've been recruiting the Midwest for the last 10 years. It's how I got the Maryland job. I was able to get this player and that player, and I got into So now I'm connected in the D.C. area, which is flooded with talent. Flooded with the. If you've ever got an opportunity, you want to watch the documentary they did about all the guys in the D.C. area that were number one draft picks. I'm not talking about just being drafted. They were number one draft picks. Talk about the Marcus Cambys. Talk about the Kevin Durant's. Them kind of guys. It's a bunch of them. And it's a documentary. Hopefully I give you the name in the future about what the documentary is, but it's huge. So you think he didn't say, yeah, I'm connecting to the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area now. I could get you some of them players. Shaq Smart was probably like, okay, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. And you connected in the Midwest because you played at Kent State. You coached there. Toledo, like, come on. So, and now he's at Marquette. So that's how you get those jobs is is you have deep recruiting roots. And at your last resort, if, and I'm going to roll this into my next topic, at the last resort, your phone don't call, nobody's answering your emails, and you can't get a college job. It's okay. It's okay. If you want to coach, you still have opportunities where you can go somewhere and coach. And I'm going to tell you right now, being a high school coach is just fine. There's nothing wrong with being a very good high school coach. But I'm telling you a couple of things that a lot of people don't know. Some of these high school coaches are getting paid better than college coaches. I was coaching in the GLIAC, not making 40000 and not getting paid for camps. It was absurd. So you mean to tell me I was, an, I was the number one assistant. I was a top assistant in the GLIAC, and I wasn't making $40,000 per year. And I didn't have the time to have another job. So you mean to tell me you're going to pay me less than forty, and I'm, I'm a college coach? Man, I know some high school coaches that are ADs, you know, i.e. Ken Flowers. You're AD at the school. You, you coaching basketball at the school. You can easily be making 55, 60,000 easy. And you got keys to the gym. Like I said previously in this podcast, if they give you the gym and leave you alone, you're in a good place. So coaching in high school, even as an assistant, I'm an assistant coach now. I'm cool with that. I've been an assistant at Country Day because guess what? I take the mindset that if I get a job at the next level, I'm probably not going to be a head coach off rip. Off rip, I'm going to be an assistant. So I got to learn how to not only just be an assistant, being the best assistant around, being the type of assistant where the OAA, when they see us coming, they like, man, I don't know what we're going to do with Shepard and Cam over there. I don't know what we're going to do. But that's what you have a dog fight on your hands because I'm going to know everything you run I'm going to know all your out-of-bounds plays. I'm going to know all your half-court plays. And I'm going to know exactly what your best player don't do. And we're going to take that away. So you better have a plan B and plan C and plan D because I'm going to make you go to it. And that's the kind of assistant coach I am. We're going to watch film enough and I'm going to point on film. Look, you've seen this five times. What do you think they're going to do? Well, coach, they're going to do middle ball screen. Okay, how are we guarding it? So those are the things that you learn at the college level. And when you go back down to coaching high school, you can use those tools to make you a better High school coach. I'm a much better high school coach now that I've coached college than I was before I even went to college. Don't let me get a head job somewhere. Y'all got a problem. I might just take it. I might just take it. But that's for another pod at another time. So while we're talking about high school coaches, I want to give some great high school coaches here in the state of Michigan their flowers. Now, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to leave off a couple coaches. It's not done personally. It wasn't done on purpose. But when I first thought about it, these were the first coaches that came to mind. And these are 20 coaches. And this is why I said coaching in high school is okay. These are 20 coaches that are coaching in the state of Michigan that can easily be coaching in college. D3, D2. Some of them should be coaching D1. NAIA, JUCO. So if you're one of these coaches on this list, and a couple coaches on this list have already been hit up, by Eastern and Western to join their East, not Eastern and Central to, you know, possibly join their staff. I had one coach was on this list and turned it down, said it wasn't enough money. I ain't going to say who it is, but there's a high school coach on this list. Eastern Michigan called them about being an assistant coach at the in the MAC. And he turned it down, said ain't enough money. I can't afford that. And I'm not going to be able to have another job in order, in order to, to be there. So what are we doing? Turned it down. So these are 20 names. I know I'm probably, if you listen to this podcast and you're a high school coach and your name wasn't called, it's okay. You got it to minute 48 of this podcast. I rock with you, right? If you got the minute 48 in this podcast and I don't name your name, I still rock with you. We still cool. But this is not personal. These are just 20 names that came to mind that we need to give flowers to. 
first on this, and there's no ranking. I'm not ranking coaches. I just want to give some coaches their flowers because we got some great coaches here in the state of Michigan. Rick Palmer. Rick Palmer, who has totally transformed Brother Rice. Totally transformed. Brother Rice was not known for basketball. They wasn't known for basketball since B.J. Armstrong was there. And guess what? B.J. Armstrong, the best agent in the NBA, one of them, one of the top five agents in the NBA, he went to Brother Rice, played basketball there. So there was a time where Brother Rice, they had to be pretty good if B.J. Armstrong was there. But after B.J. Armstrong, name me another Division I player that came from Brother Rice. Kevin Hayes was there, but he won Division I, he was Division II, went to Kentucky State. Outside of that, you probably can't name one. I can name you four on their roster right now. So Rick Palmer has said, okay, you don't want to give me the country day job. That's cool. I'm going to take a couple years off. I'm going to come back and take a, a, a job right down the street. It's just three. Brother Rice is just two and a half miles down the street from country day. Probably less than that. He said, okay, why don't y'all come over here? We'll build, a, we'll build a dynasty over here. He has a dynasty brewing. I'm telling you right now, he's going to win two or three Catholic League titles in a row. And he's going to win a state championship in two or three years. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. That's if somebody don't take the job. That's if somebody don't hire him. Rick Palmer is a great high school coach. Shout out to Rick. Next on my list, Juan Rickman at Ferndale. Somebody got to give him some props, man. He said, I can't remember who's come with him, which is cool. When you get a high school job, you got to have some players come with you. But he's never had a bad season. Never had a bad season at East English. Never had a bad season at Crockett. And he hasn't had a bad season at Ferndale. At some point, you got to recognize that guy know what he's doing. Well, I'm telling you right now, that's the one coach that I sit down with and we go to the restaurant. We got the shot shakers. We moving around. like, OK, show me this zone set that you run in. Because matter of fact, I was doing a high school film the other day. And I kid you not. I was doing uh, Jason Drake's highlight tape. This is a this is a real this this happened in real time. I'm doing this highlight tape for mittenrecruit.com. Check it out. I'm doing this highlight tape and there's this action that they're now. It was a great action that they were running. So I called him up. I said, why? I said, was that deliberate or the guys just do that? You know, they just mess up. And he said, no, that was deliberate. You know, the handoff ball screen action, we do that a lot. We actually, we got four or five variations of it. So those conversations let me know that he's one of the best coaches in Michigan. So Juan Rickman is on this list. Keith Guy, Keith Guy at Muskegon. He's been, he gets guys to the next level every single year. So why shouldn't he be at the next level if he wanted to be? Now, there are some coaches that are mentioned on this list that, you know, they might have got a call or two and then, you know what, they might have turned it down. And I'm not going to go on the deep dive every single coach on this list, but I want to give some guys some flowers because we don't respect the high school coach here in Michigan. We got some of the great coaches in the state, some of the greatest coaches in the nation that are winning state titles. They winning district titles every year. They're getting guys to the next level and ain't nobody giving them that praise. Well, today I am. So Keith Guy is on this list. Mike Thomas, Grand Blake, won the state championship. What else he got to do? He's developed Ty Rogers. Ty Rogers was a good player coming out of middle school, but he didn't come in come into high school with 15 offers. He got like 20 offers now. And he put on about 30 pounds the last two years. Doing something with Ty Rogers there, you go from just being a good player to a high major recruit, you're doing something right. Um, and he's already coached at the college level. He did four years at Albion, I'm mistaken, four or five years. And he also won two. He, he's got three state championships because he won back-to-back college to Central. How many state titles he got to win, right? So Mike Thomas is on that list. Mike Williams, head coach at Flint Beecher. If you want a guy that is going to get it in the mud with your players, sweat equity, Mike Williams is your guy. And you know what? If you want a coach who don't care what parents say, who don't care what outsiders say, that's just going to get the job done, Mike Williams is your guy. If you want a disciplinarian, Mike Williams is your guy. So Mike Williams at Beecher is on this list. Hassan Eason, Coach Niz, Roseville, great up-and-coming coach, uh, he's got he's he's totally transformed the Roseville program. They get college level players every year. So coach needs to be on this list. James Scott at Chandler Park. So when James Scott take, takes over from um, I think it was Martin. That was the coach in between uh, Derek Walton Sr. Nobody was thinking about Chandler Park. Chandler Park. He didn't already been to Breslin. He didn't have a top. He probably could have got there this year. They had to got. They would have to get through Ferndale, but I think they lost in the quarterfinals last year. James Scott, who's connected with the family, so if you need a guy that's got AAU connections and high school connections, he's got that. James Scott is on this list. Craig Covington, another guy that has AAU co- AAU ties. But guess what? If you're trying to get Rocky Watts, you might want to hire Craig Covington. I'm just saying. Because it ain't about the X's and O's. If you don't agree with any of these coaches' X's and O's, being a college coach ain't got nothing to do with that. 
So it's all about your connections. He's connected with the family. He's Rocket Watts used to still let you live with him. So if you want to end with Rocket Watts, you want somebody to take care of him, make sure he's going to class. You might want to hire this guy. You might want to hire him. <laughs> you might want to hire him. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, because Rocket Watts played for him at Old Refford. Isaiah Jackson played for him at Old Refford. Andre Park played for him at Old Refford. Just named you three Division I players right there. One of them, two of them might have a chance playing NBA. So you might want to hire a guy like that. So shout out to uh, the Cub. That's my guy. Duran Shepard, that's at Oak Park. Now, this ain't an Oak Park club. I ain't say Durant Shepard because, you know, he's the head coach at Park, but he's got ties. He's got recruiting ties. If you don't think he's going to have some more players at Park, you're foolish. He won state championships. He had Brandon Cotton. He had Darrell Summers. So he can get players. And he's connected to the family. So you got a guy that's connected to Vince Baldwin and the family. These are the kind of guys that can get you players. But these are also the kind of guys to be like, man, you know what? I don't need your ops job. I'm doing fine right here. So Duran Shepard is on this list. Steve Hall at Cast Tech, who was an assistant at Duquesne, has got it rolling. He's won four, three or four city titles at, at Cast Tech. If somebody was, if Wayne State comes open and, and they give it to Steve Hall, that's right down the street, wouldn't be mad at it. George Ward, that's at King. George Ward is, you know, he's got a different style of playing, but guess what? You're not going to mess around with George Ward. Like you're going to, you're going to, he has expectations. You're going to abide by them or you're going to play for somebody else. You're going to transfer. So if you need a coach that really, you know, abides by, okay, if those are our standards, I'm going to live on those. I'm going to live on that edge. And if you don't live on that edge, you need to find a different one. George Ward is on this list. Ken Flowers. You talk about a, a kid or a guy that's, you know, he was AD now. So he's got his master's. He's got his master's degree. He's tied to, you know, he's different players going to play in college. Ken Flowers, Detroit Henry Ford, has done a great job there. But he also was the coach at Redford when they had Manny Harris. So, I mean, he's 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 a Detroit coach that he can make a couple calls and he might be able to get you a couple players. Wally Samad, that's at Ann Arbor Huron. It's a no-brainer. No-brainer. He was already coaching at Michigan, but it wasn't like he was an assistant coach. It wasn't like he was the top assistant. He was just one of the ops guys, one of the support staff. And, you know, even though he learned a lot in that role, you could say, yeah, well, he coached at college. Well, I mean, it's not like he was in the GLIAC. It's not like he was in the MAC, you know, but Coach Samaha, he's got a very good offensive system and he knows how to fit players in that system. So if you need a coach like that, he'd be good for the job. Derek King. So if you want somebody, he's a head coach at Grand, Grand Rapids, Ottawa Hills. Yeah, I'm going to mention some West Side coaches in schools, right? So he's the type of guy, he coaches with the Indy Heat. So if you go and watch the Indy Heat play and you like some of their players and they got players every single year on every one of their teams and you want a coach that has Indy roots that's from Michigan, hey, look, look no further. T.J. Merriman. T.J. Merriman should be an assistant at Central Michigan. He played there. He's got a role in the Grand Rapids Catholic Central. I mean, I mean, it's on the west side of the state. So if you want to be connected to those players, high-level players that stay home to play at Central Michigan, you might want to hire T.J. Merriman. Now, he might not be, you know, the type of guy to be the head coach, but he could be an assistant. He should be a college coach. Pierre Brooks, that's at Frederick Douglass. Uh, he's got ties, even though his players, even though his best player is going to Michigan State. What about Javante Randall? Where is he going? He might commit to Eastern. You know, you've got other guys. He's had other guys in this program that played low-level college basketball He's got a couple guys that have played Division II and Division III. So he's sending a few guys to the next level. It's not all about D1. It's not all about D2. So if you want a guy that knows how to get kids that might not be the best player, that might not be Division I or Division II and you're at Division III school, this might be a guy you might want to look at because he knows different levels of players, especially with his son being such a high-level player at Michigan State. Julian Taylor, Saginaw High, and one state championships there. He's connected in the area. Anybody in Saginaw know Jew. Jude, that's my guy. So if I need a guy that got Saginaw roots, that's going to be a guy I call. He played college, was an excellent shooter at that one school I used to coach at. He was all GLIAC. I'm talking about his jumper was wetter than the ocean on a Sunday when it's raining. I'm talking about that thing was, uh, it wasn't as good as mine, but it was still good. I mean, Julian Taylor has had players in that program every single year. He's got a player, Lavelle Broadrock, not right now. He got the grades he could commit right now. Guess what? If this guy had a job, you might be able to get that player. So, uh, Julian Taylor is on this list. Kevin Marshall, who's doing, who's done an outstanding job just at Bridgeport. Now people know about Bridgeport. Bridgeport wasn't on the map like that, but he's had to build a program. He's the football coach too. So if you need a guy to need multiple sports, 
that the football coach can say, hey, I need a guy that can play both football and basketball. Hey, Kevin Marshall might be your guy. So shout out to Kevin Marshall and Bridgeport. He's been doing a great job there. Last two names I'm going to mention. Ramsey Nichols is at Kalamazoo Central. He's been a high-level coach for a number of years in the state of Michigan. Has spent time there, spent time at Benton Harbor. Uh, I believe it was Benton Harbor. It was another school in the area. But high-level high school coach, played in, played in college. So... He's connected to players now and coaches. He could be able to make a phone call and say, hey, Cam, send me such and such. And I'm like, okay, let's make that happen. Last one I'll mention, a younger coach, Brandon Guyton, that's at Grand Rapids Union, an up-and-coming coach, I think. I'm really impressed with what he's done at Grand Rapids Union. Um, just his organization of the teams, just the way he's gotten better every year as a coach. The, the, the Red Hawks showcase they put on every year is one of the best showcases here in the state of Michigan. And many coaches go to that showcase. They need to find out who's really pulling the strings. And one of the guys pulling the strings is Guyton. And you need to get close to that guy. And he's a young guy that's going to get in and he's going to work. So... I, I know I, I left off some names. It wasn't done on purpose, but these are the, the guys that came to mind when I first thought about it, and all of those guys should be coaching in college, and when these jobs start opening up, I'm going to need to see some of these names mentioned. I'm going to need some of these guys to be on these rosters. It's time for some more high school coaches here in the state of Michigan to coach in college. But we are already an hour in, and it's your coach that knows who's the most. I'm going to dedicate a whole NBA, NBA podcast playoff. I might be dropping that this, this uh, weekend or maybe early next week where I talk just about the NBA. But I didn't want to hold y'all for another 10, 15 minutes talking about why Chris Paul should be in the MVP uh, race because he got Nash like stats like he had when Nash won the MVP. We're not gonna talk about this pie, but it's your coach that knows hoops the most, man. And I'm gonna holler at y'all, man. Peace. It's your coach.